Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Hello there, this is Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey on Transformational Energy Leadership coming to you live from the heartland of America. Now, before we get started, to all of you out there listening, just a quick reminder to go to my website during the commercial breaks. So that's transformationalenergyleadership.com, where you can learn more about me and my business offerings. And if you want to connect, contact me, email me, you can do so at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Of course, I'm on this platform, that's voiceamerica.com, under the Empowerment Channel. And I'm on social media on LinkedIn and Facebook. And also, for all of you listening out there, this is a live show. If you've got a comment or a question, please feel free to dial in and engage with my guest today. So let's get to my guest. So today we are talking about leading through transitions. And joining me is Janice Wan. And now let me tell you a little bit about Janice. She is the founder of the Wan Principles. And if you looked her up prior to the show, you might have thought it was one, but it's actually Wan Principles. And her company, what she does is she leverages her 25 plus years of executive business and human resource experience committed to coaching and consulting practice enabling corporations and nonprofits to gain full advantage from the talent that they possess. Now, Janice has an extensive leadership career ranging from the government to leading HR mergers and banking to serving as the CEO of the largest Asian American social services nonprofit country in, in the country. So I have to say we have a pure delight today. Welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership, Janice. It's good to have you here. Thank you, Matt, and I really appreciate your having me on your show. We always I, have such a deep, deep discussion, so I hope uh, we will have that today. There we go, and there you just opened the door. So Janice and I have known each other for a number of years. We have done a lot of coaching and consulting and leadership training in the Asian and Pacific Islander community, and she and I just hit it off years ago and have been colleagues ever since particularly because we're both entrepreneurs. She has her company, I have mine, and we're a support for each other. So we've just had this this spark between us. And that's why I brought her here. And Janice, I, I want to ask you, why have all the things in the world, you've been CEO, you've, you've led mergers of the largest banking corporations in the country. Why do you do the work that you do now? Well, it evolves over time, Matt. And having worked in a large corporation that grew from 18,000 employees to over 100,000 employees all over the world, I realized and I, in fact, saw that talent can become overlooked or hidden in the leadership pipeline uh, as you're merging organizations or changing. Um, Secondly, there still is a misconception, a stereotype that Asians are not leadership material. And, in fact, uh, the the perception is that Asians are only excellent individual contributors with specialized skills. And third, I do this because I I really believe that leadership pipelines are very sparse and Asians are significantly underrepresented in the the pipeline for senior management. 
And we can change that. We need to change how talent is assessed, how it's viewed, how it's utilized. So that's why I do the work that I do because, you know, mind is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's such a noble cause. You and I both know the Asian and Pacific Islander community is the fastest growing minority in the U.S. And like you just said, are often overlooked. You, you look at the research and people will say, oh, Silicon Valley, look at this. All the CEOs are Asian. When, when you step back and look at the broad picture, that's just a, a snippet of the entire population. And so uh, they're so undertapped, if that's a word, because there's so much talent there and we're ignoring it through our Western lens. Truly, and that's what I still see after being in the workforce for decades, and that's manifested in the coaching that I provide and all the professionals and executives that I interact with uh, today, whether they're in corporate uh, or nonprofit, is that um, talent is not recognized and uh, the opportunities don't um, go to them as a result. And that's that's... You know, that's a problem we can solve together. We absolutely can. And that's why we're talking about transitions today. And you are a living proof. I mean, you're you're an example of a person who has gone through transitions and not only have done that as I mean, you're a woman, you're an Asian American, and you have proof to to show what we can do to manifest that transitions, those that leadership pipeline across all sectors. And you did that by building your own company, and it's called the Juan Principles. And you founded it because you made all these transitions. And what I'd like to do is you have what's called the WAN principles. And let's dig into those because I think that's what's going to be so fruitful for everyone listening today is that when we go through transitions, when we're building our career, there are certain things, if we hold on to them, that's when we really manifest ourselves. And so let's talk about your six guiding principles that you use for coaching and consulting and training and so forth. Your first one is called Fulfill Potential. How do you characterize fulfill potential? Yes, man. My it's my fundamental belief that every individual has talent and skills that are valuable in in uh, whatever organization, whatever the community they live in. Uh, the critical question is how these talents are recognized and utilized. Remember all those talent reviews and succession plans we used to do in our corporate lives? Well. Mm. You know, many high potential individuals are in the wrong jobs. And if we place them in the right jobs, they can be, you know, very high performing if um, given the right opportunity in the right job. So potential is being able to perform your best work, you know, in the context of your organization and community. That's what I mean by fulfilled potential. You know, in, embedded in all this, from our discussion since we started, we talked about about culture and multi, multicultural. I, we didn't say that word, but that's what we were talking about in diversity and so forth. And mm-hmm. why do you think, when we look at cultural assets, why why do you think those are critical to the dimension of trans, transitional leadership? Yeah, I think of culture in the broader sense, you know, like you said, as an Asian as a woman, as an Asian woman, as a woman of color, as a mm-hmm. working mom. I have all those uh, lenses and experiences. 
but let me speak from the Asian perspective. Um, Asians, I believe, are frequently overlooked for their un- the unique assets that they bring, uh, including understanding cultures, having multiple uh, language abilities, bridging and building communities. You know, how can individuals and organizations identify and truly value these assets and use them for business advantage? Okay, so that happens for people of color and women, you know, also. Um, so let me just also share an example, you know, from my own eclectic um, career. As an Asian woman in a civil rights investigator role, that was beneficial because it helped me investigate discrimination of all minorities and women. In the corporate role, I co-founded the Asian and Women of Color Networks, utilizing, you know, my cultural understanding of what it was like to be an Asian, Asian woman, and a woman of color in a large corporation that was transforming. And lastly, as the CEO of a nonprofit, I was tapped on the shoulder because I understood the nuances of working in a Chinese and Asian cultural community um, whose constituents are immigrants and low-income families. Okay, so all of that, um, when utilized properly, results in um, positive performance and positive contributions. And so that's, that's what why we... culture is important um, in whatever role um, you are tapped for or choose to go to. Everything, everything is a, a contribution to the greater picture the, and, and the greater good. And that takes me to my next question for you. And that is, you know, one of the most prominent calling for leaders to be to be truly transformational is to lead with a vision. And your next dimension in your one principles of your six principles, your second one is called act with purpose. And clearly, obviously, you believe that this is very, very important. So tell us more about how this became real in your career transition, meaning vision and having that com- that purpose. Sure. Yeah, what I mean by act with purpose is actually defining purpose, acting in alignment with the organization's vision, mission, uh, and strategy. So an example in my corporate career would be mergers. Okay, leveraging the best vision, creating best practices, and um, merging two companies that were, you know, equal. Okay, that influenced the design of policies, programs for the new organization. So the question for me was, how should I conduct myself in a chaotic, fast-changing, stressful environment? And um, uh, that was a crucial dimension. So staying focused, acting with purpose, and achieving results and garnering the respect of others, you know, new colleagues, new bosses, was really important. So being very intentional in our um, actions. Okay, so let's let's take yeah. that even a little bit further. You know, what advice, tips, or tricks do you have for individuals? Because I think one of the hardest things for people who have to step up into that leadership role, whether they're promoted, they're they're pushed into it, or they take it on, and 
they're calling they have to give a vision so what are your tips and tricks for individuals who are struggling to make their vision so vivid and real for their followers well sometimes it's not entirely clear right mm-hmm. right um uh the i went to the eye doctor yesterday i went to huh? the eye doctor yesterday so yes the future cannot always be oh. vivid and clear <laughs> <laughs> Well, when things are blurry, when things are ambiguous, when things are changing, it's really important to um, communicate clearly and often with teams mm-hmm. and individuals to help people understand the philosophical underpinnings for your vision or the organization's vision. You know, why will we do X? You know, why are we not doing X? You know, and invariably people say, well, what, what does the company want? You know, what is the vision? In, in, uh, in the world of mergers or transforming organizations, sometimes it's not clear. So it's very crucial for leaders to be very explicit about vision, mission, and strategy. Second, figure out who your allies are, and they can be ambassadors of your key messages. And also, don't be afraid to engage with individuals who may not agree with your perspective because it's important to, to engage in a meaningful dialogue to achieve greater understanding. Okay, so that helps you solidify, uh, crystallize your vision and communicate what your vision is. And then people, the more they understand it, the more the followers or individuals, your colleagues or even your subordinates or members of the community will embrace what you are trying to accomplish. So in, in, uh, as an example, when I led the 50-year-old nonprofit, had a great reputation in the community, had strong programs and services, due to its external focus, you know, but my role as the new leader was to lead the cultural shift to development, developing people. So what did I do? I created teams to develop a new performance management tool, for example, and embedding professional development in the process. Okay, so the newly formed leadership team, it was about a dozen people, actually was instrumental in creating it and implementing it. You know, and as the new leader, I didn't profess to really know the organization's culture within. So I relied on others to really help me continue to act with purpose in the most meaningful way. That goes back to your your comment about having ambassadors. So what I hear you saying is when we have to convey vision and that mission going forward communication is absolutely absolutely key you know do it clearly do it consistently do it ongoing and engage engage everyone the people who agree with you and those who don't agree with you janice this is valuable insight here what we need to do is we've got to go to break and when we come back we're going to continue this conversation about the six principles the the guiding principles the wand principles if you will so what we'll do we'll take a break right now and for everyone listening out there go to my website that's transformationalenergyleadership.com check it out and i will be with you in just a couple of minutes stay tuned
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What makes you a success? Is it your business or career? Is it your family and social life? How do you achieve the next level in your success? Tune in to Infinite Success Radio with host Rachel O'Brien Eddy. Rachel and her amazing guests are here to encourage, inspire, and empower you to take control of your destiny and achieve the level of success you were born to reach. How do ordinary people become extraordinary? Find out with Infinite Success Radio, broadcasting live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed taking a look at my website during the commercial break. So today, we are talking about leading through transitions, and joining me is Janice Wan. She is the founder of the Wan Principles. This is a woman who's the epitome of transitioning among many leadership roles across sectors. We ended the first segment of the program examining the six Wan Principles, and Janice, you developed these. And as you consult and coach individuals and organizations, these are what you implement. And the first two we talked about in the first segment were, you know, fulfill your potential. That was the first one. And the second one was act with purpose. Now let's let's move on to your third principle, and that's called build collaboration. What do you mean by this, Janice? Build collaboration. Well, success is never achieved alone. That we all know. Teamwork is essential. So, uh Build collaboration uh, means collaborate for success and expanding your spheres of influence. Okay, really casting a wide net um, and having those crucial relationships that will help you succeed and achieve your goal. I love it. it. You know, and this this coincides very nicely with my research when I was flying around the country interviewing all these Asian Indian 
you know, presidents of universities and, and chancellors and such. And one of the themes that that re- really rose to the surface was what I call permeate boundaries. And that's all about the relational constructs that we cannot exist in a, a silo. We cannot be alone. We do have to reach out to all the different you know, facets of an organization. And, and also, you know, as we're, we're leading within an organization, it's so important to have that external, you know, support group and sounding board. I call them, you know, your, your personal board of governors, you know, the, the group that you go to to get insight and, and wisdom and mentoring and coaching that's outside of that to help make sure that you're being balanced and sound. So build collaboration is so essential. Do you have an example of where you were, facing a mountain ahead of you, and you got through it. Oh, many, many mountains, hills, and (laughs) hurdles along the way. um, But I truly believe, I mean, that's a word that's attached to my personal brand and my reputation collaboration. And one of the best examples I have is leading through multiple you know, merger integrations, that would not have been possible without having intentionally spent time cultivating external and internal relationships over the years. Okay, Mm -hmm. and this is a a common um, challenge for many executives and professionals whom um, I coach is I haven't spent enough time, you know, networking. So externally, what happened was peers helped me benchmark um, human resources policies, so I had access to best practice information. Internally, people readily agreed to join the multiple teams I formed across businesses, disciplines, and geographies, and we were tasked with formulating uh, the new human resources policy and developing employee relations training programs. And I had less than three months to accomplish this. How was I going to accomplish this with a very small team of people. Well, I succeeded in benchmarking and proposing the new policies, conducting cost analysis for all the policies, securing approval from uh, the Human Resources Steering Committee and the the, uh, Chairman's Office. We wrote them, we put them on the company intranet, and we trained 900 people in less than three months. In three months. And we're talking, this is work you were doing at Wall Street with some major mm-hmm, mm-hmm. banking institutions, right. yes. Yeah, and, and this was, you know, it's never been done before, um, integrating banks as large as the ones I had worked for. So it was, um, you know, it was uh, daunting, but it's doable if you have the right relationships and the uh, ability to collaborate uh, with others, because we don't know it all. We and no we don't. Knows it all. <laughs> Even though you're given that the the you know the the mantle or whatever you want to call it, when you're the one who's got the title and you're leading, what you're just saying is you've got to be humble and say, "Hey, I don't know it all," and collaborate with others. That's no right. No, a certain level of vulnerability, and uh, one of the things that people were right in my 360s. How, how do you stay so calm, you know, through the chaos? And how do you get all of us to collaborate and, and uh, follow, follow you and stay, you know, on course? Uh, so it's very important to uh, really 
have have your partners and allies in it with you. Um, inside, I was probably quite terrified. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> raised, no one could you, tell. <laughs> I know, and you raise such a good point. Is followers need that leader who's calm in the storm because you can't have a, a leader who's frantically f- freaking out in front of people either because that only adds to the mayhem and the angst and the craziness of everything. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's, by the way, Janice, is what I have always appreciate, you know, since I've met you, is that you have this calming persona and this spirit about you. And I can see why you are such a... a a, a, a stoic person during those times of change and that's that leads me to your next principle because I think this is a big one your next principle is called embrace change and for you tell tell me what do you mean by embrace change It's one of the fundamental six principles to live to lead by now I lived through lots of change that's for sure professionally yes. and personally <laughs> so <laughs> I I often um, say to, to people you know, next, next to death and taxes, change is the only thing that's constant. <laughs> oh, right. right. <laughs> yes. Corporate strategy, business models change, bosses change, your colleagues change, communities evolve. How we respond and adapt to change is a key to being successful. So in the, um, again, you know, I, I learned so much in the, in the corporate merger environment one can feel very fearful, confused, and frustrated by ambiguity. You know, you don't even know if you're going to have a job at the end of the day. Um, so I encourage using active listening, listening for understanding, being proactive rather than reactive. And there are so many opportunities to learn and lead. And uh, what, what happened to me was, you know, I led those teams uh, in areas where I had expertise. I led teams that I could facilitate, and I was invited to participate where I could learn and contribute. So really, you know, as things are swirling and changing very quickly, or slowly for that matter, you know, I find uncharted waters very exciting. You know, so, um, and, and the second Big example is really making a career transition from a corporate environment where your role is rather defined um, to entrepreneurship. That's also uh, daunting in the beginning. You know, who am I? Who do I want to be? How will I get there? You know, so I tried different opportunities uh, and refined my coaching and facilitation skills, which, you know, resulted in a strong, um, very effective coaching and consulting um, practice and you're such so change, a, a yeah just you know stay with it you know roll with it roll with it hey well you and I both know and I think a lot of our listening audience out there is when change happens some of us go yay change others go holy what what is this and we can respond to it in so many different ways you know there's some work by by William Bridges he wrote a book called Transitions actually he's done a number of different books on this and he's a psychologist out there and the way he got his work he became prominent was doing a lot of work in organization development about change and then he took his work 
and then became more focused on the individual. But what he said is there are three different stages when we go through change. And the first stage is called ending, losing, or letting go. What he means by that is the ending could be like what you were talking about, an acquisition, a merger. All of a sudden something changes. Or losing is your whole department is just axed from the company. Or you simply are letting go. And that means you're saying, okay, I can't do this anymore. The second stage is the neutral zone. That's okay, you've made the cut or the cut has happened to you. Now you're in this space in between and then there's what's called the new beginning. And I, you know, I've talked about this on my show before and I remember for me when I decided that corporate America no longer was for me. I, I needed to let go and pursue my own passions. And when I made the cut, I instantly became fearful. You know, how am I going to, you know, make money? How am I going to exist? There was some sadness, some disorientation that I experienced and some frustration because I thought what I was going to do after I made that cut, I was going to do this and no one was looking at me or wanted to even interview me. And so I entered that second zone, that neutral zone where I was starting to be a little bit resentful. You know, you've got that low morale going on. There's some anxiety that's happening and you start to question, where am I right now? And do I go back to what I used to do, even though I wanted to get away from that? Or if you think about it from, you you know, you go through a merger or acquisition and all of a sudden everything's changed. And I, I don't know if I can even go back. There's that neutral zone where you really start questioning yourself. And then finally, once you get into that stage of, yes, I am going to go into the new beginning. And then everything starts to open up. And what I hear you saying is, is look at everything as a new beginning. There might be some of that that fear, that anxiety, or that neutral zone where you're really questioning yourself. But what you're saying is, open your arms and embrace What's happening to you? Sure. When one door closes, another one opens, and many new ones open. So it's really um, having the conviction and courage to um, take those risks and embrace those opportunities. So, but we can't, you know, uh, uh, dismiss the fact that some people will have um, will be resistant. You know, to it. So, how do we help them um, in the transformation process? And that's a good point. What did you do for your teams when change all of a sudden was just placed upon them? What did you find to be things that you could do to help them along? Well, making sure that we had conversations about the change that was happening um, and asking people how they felt about it. Okay. So really having an open conversation. So I remember, you know, many late nights where we said, oh, this, you know, some of this is really silly stuff happening, you know. And there were some people who were very uh, cynical. And then you have some who are more optimistic. So you have an open discussion. And hopefully the, the, the optimism and the uh, being sharing the common goal of accomplishing something really important uh, for the organization that also makes us very satisfied as uh, career individuals. Making the best, making the best of what we have. How can we make it better? 
lots of communication. And embedded in that, I'm, I would imagine there's giving feedback so that people can continue to develop, experience the quick wins that help boost the morale of individuals. All those are probably some key components within that. No, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, after I reflected on my career, I realized that I was providing, you know, coaching, mentoring um, to my team. And many people came to me uh, for that. In fact, uh, a client I had several years ago reached out to me, and um, I hadn't heard from her in probably 10 years. And she said, uh, oh, yes, we work together on, you know, on X. And uh, I always saw you as a mentor. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. You know? I guess it's, it's those um, brief conversations we had that must have, you know, been thought-provoking uh, for her and helped her um, as a uh, new professional in the organization. And that's such a great example. You know, before we go to break, I, I, I want to highlight, too, because in this moment, we're talking about change and the overall message about the show is transitions. And one thing I want to delineate here is that change, often it happens to people, whereas when we go through transitions, it's internal. It's what happens inside a person's mind and what they're when they're presented with some change. So a bit of a difference there, too, is change versus transition and and I like where we're going with this so here's what we're going to do Janice we are at a commercial break and when we come back we'll continue the conversation on the one principle so we've got the first four down and we will pick up the last two in the third segment so for everyone out there listening we'll be back here in just a few minutes Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life. And for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European Time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you desire to have the happiest, healthiest, most abundant life possible? Free from emotional hurt and pain and full of physical, spiritual, and emotional health and healing? Listen for Surviving to Thriving. Denitra Gary, your clinical social worker, takes you on a journey of knowing who you are from God's perspective as she gains insights from counselors, speakers, and educators to give you knowledge into who God created you to be. Tune in Wednesdays at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And here we are. So today we're talking about transformational leaders leading through transitions. And my special guest is Janice Wan, and she has six principles she uses to guide, coach, and lead others based on a career full of leadership transitions. And Janice, up until now, we've covered the first four principles of the six that you've developed for all transformational leaders to incorporate into leading themselves and also leading others, of course. And the first four that we've already covered are fulfill potential, act with purpose, build collaboration, and embrace change. What's the next one? Promote engagement. And what I mean by that, Matt, is build trust through inclusion and promote innovation through diversity. So trust develops over time. So um, first you have to be included. So either get yourself included or someone will include you in, in a particular transformation um, initiative. Okay, diversity of thought results in more innovative ideas. So as an example, when I recently led the uh, Asian American nonprofit here in New York City, engagement meant getting colleagues to solve problems, acknowledge problems, or challenges and truly empower them to create policies and processes to drive this change in terms of people development and forming a sustainable, modern 21st century infrastructure. So we tackled some key um, um, things that we wanted to address. I charge the leadership team of about a dozen people and... Um, I leveraged their experience with the organization. I didn't profess to know the organizations. You know, I'm just I'm just a new kid on the block. Okay, so I delegated and I guided and coached each of these teams to produce um, you know, a new policy or practice that could really drive people development in the nonprofit that had been um, focused externally for over 50 years, and now it was time to focus on our people, all right? So in uh, one of the parting words from the senior individual who reported to me said, you know, we always knew we had potential, but now you presented us with possibilities. Now we see the possibilities of how to use our skills in this organization, not only for our constituents in the community, but for each other and for our team. And it was mm. a it was an organization with four thousand employees, so we had to start at the top. Yes, and a lot of it always it does come from the top. I think you know I've been a lot of change 
movements or where you're trying to make things different within an organization. And if you don't have buy-in at the top, then it just it won't it won't happen. You can have all the at the lower levels all buy into it, but if that upper echelon does not see and buy into it, subscribe to it. And what I also appreciate about what you're talking about is you know, there's, you're enabling others, you're, you're removing obstacles, you as a leader, what I heard you say is you're removing the obstacles and making opportunities happen, giving them resources or, or guidance and such. That's so critical. Leaders, that's what leaders need to be doing. And, you know, yeah. something else, mm-hmm. when you talked about promote engagement, you were talking about diversity and inclusion. And, you know, there's so much talk about that now about diversity and talk about differences. And I'm, I'm curious, how have you seen this aspect of business evolve in your work with others? Or, you know, even re- recently, has it changed? I'll, I'll just stop there. I, want, I don't want to pile on questions. But from your perspective, how has that evolved over time? Over time, well, if um, my first role, and I'm talking decades of experience, was as a civil rights advocate, um, so I started my career in the in the world of compliance and enforcement, and moved into a the uh, private sector to um, continue to work on compliance and you know legal issues. So that was kind of the the lens that I had at the time. But as things change in the I want to say the mid. 90s. In fact, I was um, uh, given the role as the company's first workforce diversity manager when the word diversity wasn't even used at the time. So how do you move from compliance to diversity? So um, it wasn't, in my view, it was not diversity in lieu of compliance because compliance is still important. So the way I looked at it was it was combining its compliance plus diversity, okay, making sure we had a diverse Mm -hmm. workforce to serve diverse customer base. Okay, then then it moved into uh, the world of inclusion. How do you include other people in the process? Okay, and so, but just because you include others doesn't mean that you've truly engaged them. Okay, so uh, it's important to cast a very wide net and include people who are not like you and not in your sphere um, in order to gain new perspectives. Okay, so when the business case for compliance was not understood, I created engagement among compliance and diversity teams and even external consultants so that we could uh, really discuss our respective functions and goals, and we figured out a way um, to uh, have a, a strategy that incorporated all of these elements. Okay, so uh, we pioneered, um, you know, employee resource groups became business resource groups. Women of color had a voice in, mm-hmm. in the corporation, separate and apart from women's initiatives. I reverse mentored a direct report of the CEO. Um, so being included and promoting engagement. So it's getting involved and being involved and making 
a positive impact to tie it to, you know, the business. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that also links to your earlier principle about building collaboration. That's it all goes hand in hand. So when you collaborate, you give voice, and then engagement happens. That's when the the spinning the flywheel really starts. That concept starts to move forward. It sounds like, you know, oh, really, got, yeah, yeah. Before we go to our the final segment of the show, we let's cover the the sixth principle of the one. Six guiding one principles here, and you—it's called create a brand. And you know, I, I hear this a lot. And you know, whether it's a company brand or it's a, a personal brand. And you know, the personal brand part was really pioneered by William Aruda in the early two thousands. And I, from you, I want to hear what what's what do you mean? What's your con- context about build or create a brand? Yeah, branding is important, and that really emerged from the organization context. With each merger, we had a new brand um, identity for the new newly merged organization. You have a new logo. You know, you use certain kinds of words. Um, so, in essence, develop by create a brand. I mean, develop a brand that attracts and retains talent. You know, that's from the organization perspective. Um, but individuals, like you say, also have brands. And, and uh, you know, I recently reread uh, William Aruda's um, book, Career Distinction. You know, so, um, and, that, and that's what I find in coaching uh, clients is they have particular skills and talents, you know. But uh, so how do you, you know, what do you stand for? What is your brand identity? Okay, and on the flip side, how are you perceived? What is your brand image? And are they aligned with each other? You know, do others know how to tap your skills and talents? So there's an element of personal responsibility when we talk about creating your personal brand. Okay, so unless others know how you can contribute and what your value proposition is, it's hard it makes it more challenging for others to figure out how to utilize uh, your skills, talents, and, and really address, you know, your interests and passions. Did you want a, an example, Matt? Uh, we sure we could do that. I, I am, one thing I want to make sure before we we're, we're about to go into break here is everything that you're talking about is critical and how do we make sure we are living or breathe, living and breathing the brand that we wish to exude and go out there and ask people, find out how are you being perceived? Any other thoughts about how do you make sure your brand is really conveying the way it's supposed to be conveyed? Yeah, I developed a tool called a personal value proposition profile where I work with clients to identify uh, not only their foundational skills, credentials, experience, um, but their values and Mm. their forward-looking ideas and contributions and their interests. So what is it that you truly want? So I work with clients on um, fine-tuning their personal brand, practice saying it, and figure out who their brand audience is. Who are you telling it to? Are you talking to influencers and decision-makers who can help you um, get to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. 
It sounds like also, I, you know, there's a technique I used when I met, was managing large teams and I would have my, the, the, the next person who reported to me who I trusted, he trusted me and the team trusted him. And I would have him go out and collect qualitative feedback from the team and asking questions about me. And then what he would do is he would aggregate the information, not disclose any, you know, who said what. Uh-huh. It was more of he would bring that back to me. And it was such a great way for me to understand how people were perceiving me, what my strengths uh-huh. were. I think also what you're talking about, what my values. And a, a really key question that our listening audience, if they decided to do a technique like that is, how would you describe Janice's values? What does she value? It sounds like that would be a, such a, uh, what do you want to call it, a very descriptive way of understanding how others would perceive you and do perceive you. So, you know, I get, before I go to break, and I have to ask this, how does energy, because, you know, I, I am, I'm all about transformational energy here. How does energy fit into all of this when you think about your brand? Well, these are actual words that were used about me, okay? People find infectious enthusiasm when they work with me, uh-huh. um, and, and that, that was throughout my corporate career and even as an entrepreneur and in a nonprofit. You know, when you believe in a person or organization's vision or mission, um, energy manifests itself and drives levels of performance, you know, would any of us want to follow a leader who didn't have energy to transform workplaces, people, or communities? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the energy, uh, the cadence of, uh, and, and the pace that you use to lead an organization or your team. So infectious enthusiasm is the energy, is one form of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, just and a keen interest in others. A keen interest in others. There you go. I, I like that a lot. Being curious. I, I often say that when I'm coaching my clients is that one of the greatest things that you can do for your followers is simply be curious. And how do you do that? You know, ask, ask questions with true curiosity, without judgment. And just really, that's where the empathy starts to play into things, which is so important for for that whole aspect of that brand that you're talking about. We all have a brand. We walk into a room, our brand starts to show whether we whether we like it or know it or not, right? <laughs> no, I mean, there's, there's a whole list of words that I've accumulated over time, you know, that describes me. So feedback is a gift. So if anyone listening has feedback for me, I welcome it. Absolutely. And feedback's the way that we know. is It opens that Johari's window, that concept of we see a window pane, we look at it, out of it, and that's what we see. However, others have other, they have other dimensions. Why do I keep saying other? <laughs> but people <laughs> see, they see the, the, the dimensions that we don't see about ourselves. And it's so vivid when we do seek that feedback. Very, very helpful. Okay, before we end the show today, I want to have us step back now and look at everything we've talked about. We've talked about your six guiding principles, and they are fulfill potential, act with purpose, build collaboration, embrace change, promote engagement, and create a brand. 
as we think about our conversation here, Janice, what do you want the listening audience to walk away from here today, remembering and starting to implement in their lives as leaders for themselves or leaders of others and organizations? So my suggestions and recommendations are, number one, be open-minded about change. You know, acknowledge your own feelings about the change, but be open-minded. Be receptive because it's full of possibilities if, if you look closely enough. Second, build your personal and professional networks. Network, networking is strategic and purposeful. And if you do it intentionally, it will be there when you need it. My third takeaway is spend time reflecting on your personal vision and mission. So as a coach, I believe everything starts with self. So being self-reflective about who you are, what you want to be, will help you determine what you need to be doing to achieve that. And then figure out how aligned you are professionally and personally in the workplace, personally, in your personal roles, and also in the community. So those would be the three big takeaways for everyone listening. So embrace and a change. Coach can help you. Yeah. Right, and a coach can help you. That that mm-hmm. comes up all yep. at every show. But you're right. Having that external person ask you the challenging questions to de- dig deep and understand when you're feeling angst about change, what truly is triggering you? What's going on there? So embrace the change build the network, and spend time reflecting on your own mission and your vision and how are things aligned with you, your community, and there's something else, you, your community, was there? And and your workplace, yeah, workplace, workplace. personally, and the community. That's right. Yeah, personally, as a, whether you're a mother, a partner, a spouse, um, a daughter, whatever, in your personal role, you know, how aligned you know, are, are these things, you know, because with your personal it, vision. And they're all interconnected. And as much as we think we can shut off personal life and go to work and just do work, no, we're human beings and we have many dimensions to us. So that's, that's fantastic. Thank you for all, for that recap there. And, you know, I'm curious, Janice, as you continue on, you keep moving forward, you keep, you've, you've evolved from working in the government, going to corporate, doing your own entrepreneurial thing and, and nonprofit as a CEO and so forth. How do you keep yourself, what do you, what motivates you? What keeps you pushing and moving forward? Well, knowing that um, every conversation and interaction I have with another person uh, leaves that person with an insight or some thought-provoking question that will um, help them achieve their goal, or at least map out the steps to get there. Um, And uh, with regard to Asian Americans, help seeing the professional growth and people make good choices about their lives and their work and their communities is what really motivates me. 
Oh boy, you look at everything as an opportunity. It sounds like, and I, I mean, I love, I love that spirit about you. And it sounds like you truly do live with curiosity. So that's that's fantastic, Janice. Thank you so much for your time today and sharing your six guiding principles. And I, I'm looking forward to the next time that you and I work together. So for all the listening audience out there, I want to encourage you, if you've got a topic or someone that you think would be great to have on the show to enrich our conversation about transformational energy leadership, feel free to contact me. You can do that by emailing me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Connect with me on Facebook or LinkedIn. And, of course, go to this platform. It's voiceamerica.com under the Empowerment Channel. That's where you can also find me. And so for all of you out there, harness that positive energy and lead transformation. And I will talk with you again next week. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.